0: Welcome to Action Phase. I'm your host, Tegan Karuna. So, my friend Lisa um, wanted to know more about this uh, this article that was written uh, this past week about uh, labor and delivery services in Alabama. And apparently, um, only 17 of the rural counties in Alabama have labor, labor and delivery uh, care which means that, that women are having to drive, you know, like 50 75 miles just to get to a hospital when they're ready to have their baby. So, she uh, my friend Lisa asked me if I would do a little bit of research and explain what uh, what's going on, like why why this is happening. So the first thing that I found is that this isn't just a problem in Alabama. It's a problem in most rural areas. So we know that like when there are fewer people there are fewer hospitals, fewer doctors. In general, getting healthcare is more difficult when you live far from a city. But this doesn't really make a ton of sense, because we think of hospitals as being, like, the place where you have a baby. Like, that's, like, their number one job, right? I mean, at least in my mind, that's kind of what I think of. I, I, I know better than that intellectually, but it seems like delivering babies is, like, a major part of why a hospital exists, so why would these hospitals still run, but close their obstetrics? The, the reason, of course, as always, comes down to economics. It's all about money. So I, I found a, um, an article on KevinMD.com, which is a pretty, it's a, it's a pretty reliable source, um, and it talked about how hospitals make money, on, or <laughs> how they don't make money on labor and delivery. So there's a formula that determines hospital profit. And it's the negotiated rate for a service minus the cost of the service equals the profit. This is pretty, pretty normal stuff, right? So the price that you are paid for a service minus how much the service costs you is your profit. That's like with any, you know, any retail store, that's how they make money. The problem is that with hospitals, they don't get paid what they want to get paid. (laughs) They get paid by either a private health insurance company or Medicaid and Medicare, but Medicare doesn't really deal very much in labor and delivery since they are primarily paying for people over the age of 65. So with a, a private health insurance company, the hospital negotiates with them for the rate and of course, the health insurance company wants to pay them as little as possible, and the hospital wants them to get paid as much as possible. But, you know, generally, the health insurance company is the one that's gonna win. So the rates are fairly low for, um, for labor and delivery. In fact, uh, they're, they're generally among the lower reimbursement rates. Uh, private insurance generally reimburses much higher for like cardiac. And uh, in orthopedics than it does for obstetrics. Medicaid also has a fixed rate that's even lower in general than private insurance. So that is kind of problematic when you think about the fact that half of births in the United States are paid for by Medicaid. So at least you know half of the births are being paid for even less than what ends up being the cost of delivery. So so that's a problem, right? Is that the rates are often lower than the actual cost of the birth. So with every delivery, hospitals are losing money. This happens a lot like when there are when a hospital has a high C-section rate or a lot of elective inductions. So they're, you know, they're losing a lot of money and part of the Part of the issue that, that this article and Kevin MD brought up is that OB is kind of like it's almost like a no man's land where like doctors are kind of just like calling the shots and they don't necessarily Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, my cat is like scratching things up. Oh she found like the crumpliest toy ever. I, I apologize. <laughs> so doctors in, in labor and delivery don't always follow like evidence-based medicine as much as other specialties do i'm really sorry i don't know what she's doing uh my cat (laughs) so so in labor and delivery the costs are often much higher than they than they should necessarily be based on like what the evidence would say is the best practice for giving you know for a woman giving birth Another part of the problem is just that rural hospitals operate on a much smaller profit margin. They have a they have a lot less volume than an urban hospital, which like is super easy to imagine. And really it, it comes down to like the more deliveries that a hospital has, the more likely they are to break even or make money on on that part of their services. Hospitals in rural areas may need to have like 200, 250, 300 deliveries just to break even. And that's really hard to get if you're in a sparsely populated area. There just aren't that many pregnant women in, you know, like, in your, the area that your hospital serves. So, like, finding 250 pregnant women every year is really, (laughs) really hard if you live, like, out in the middle of Nowheresville, Alabama. And... For a rural hospital, a loss of half a million dollars, which is easily what could happen um, in labor and delivery departments, is really hard for them <laughs> to uh, to work around. You know, a, an urban hospital may make a ton of money on cardiac services, so they're able to make up the the loss that you would get from OB. But a rural hospital is going to have a lot harder time making up that money because of that the volume issue. So you just don't have enough people paying for what are very expensive services. You know, the real, the real issue is not, the real issue in terms of health is not finances, right? Like it's not, it's not about the money for the women who are trying to give birth. It's about getting them proper care. So some of the risks of not having close by obstetricians and labor and delivery departments is that women are less likely to get prenatal care when they have to drive an hour to see their ob and it's hard to get the time off work and drive and drive back and also there are there are many counties i want to say eight counties in alabama where up to 16 percent of the people living in that county don't have a car. So they're rural counties where people don't have cars. So how are they supposed to get to a hospital or once a month to see their OBGYN if they don't even have a car? So, you know, it's really, it's really tough to, to get regular healthcare when you live so far away from other people. Also, waiting longer to get to the hospital can lead to adverse health ho- outcomes for the mother and the child. So if you know that you have to drive an hour to deliver your baby, you know you know that that's an hour more that you that it's going to take you to get to the hospital and potentially you know be much further along in your labor than you want to be. This means that women are much more likely to choose a planned c-section or an induction because if they know that it's going to take them an hour to get to the hospital and they don't want to risk those those adverse health problems and they don't want to risk having their baby in the car (laughs) on the way to the hospital like nobody nobody thinks about their birth and is like yeah you know i hope that i'm like in the back seat of the mazda when i pop this baby out Everybody wants to be like you know at least <laughs> at least somewhat comfortable. So, they you know women are are kind of I I mean I totally get it uh, <laughs> I would want to plan my birth if I knew that it was going to take me a long time to get to a hospital. But this means that um, that a lot of them are getting C sections and there's been tons and tons of talk about the the risks of C sections and the um, how expensive they are and all that stuff. And back in two thousand nine, um, it was reported that about a third of planned C sections happen before thirty nine weeks. So if your baby is born before you are thirty nine weeks pregnant, then your baby is considered premature. And prematurity comes with like a whole host of other problems, primarily like when you are like, thirty eight weeks pregnant, your fetus is still, um, developing its lungs. So. It's like, the major developmental thing that happens at the very end. So if you uh, give birth before 39 weeks, you, there are, is an increased risk of having lung and respiratory problems. So this is all really depressing <laughs> and depressing, and sad and uh, makes you just want to, like, become an OB and and go, like, grab babies as they pop out. But um, that's not on the cards for me. But, you know, there maybe there are some solutions. I don't know. I'll tell you what I found. And uh, I think (laughs) it's not that much more uplifting. So this isn't really a place where telemedicine is going to be too helpful. Um, Telemedicine is generally seen as like a great option for rural healthcare, which it totally is. Like if you're not helping a woman push her baby out, then you can definitely consult with a patient over you know like over Skype if you're not like if you don't need to be physically present to provide the care that they need but with a birth you can't really help someone uh deliver their baby if you are (laughs) on Skype It's it's not really how it works so so because telemedicine is not like a super great option here um there's a lot of advocacy in Alabama and then in some other states as well, but Alabama seems like they're really focusing on um, on midwifery. And part of what the issue there is that um, Alabama and, and a few other states don't allow, like it's illegal to be a lay midwife. So the only legal option, if you want to be a midwife, is to be a nurse midwife. So you have to have like the official medical training Um, and lay midwives are generally they they go through an apprenticeship program or like a midwifery school but but don't have a medical they're not doctors they're not nurses doesn't mean that they're not educated doesn't mean that they don't know what they're doing but they don't have the um, like the official medical education So in Alabama, they're not allowed to practice. They're not allowed to be there for home births. They're not allowed to work in a hospital. They're not allowed to work in a birthing center. Basically, like, that profession is totally illegal in Alabama. So what they end up doing is uh, they take women in labor across state lines and they birth those babies in Tennessee, or Tennessee is the only one that I know of for sure that is legal. That borders on Alabama and and the other thing the other like midwife uh, the other midwife issue is that even certified nurse midwives find it very difficult to practice in Alabama specifically it's really hard for them to get um, to get into a hospital and be able to uh, to do deliveries in a hospital so there's kind of there's kind of a monopoly in the hospitals with obstetricians are the ones who are able to uh, deliver babies. I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm not like a not like a birth expert or anything like that. Like I don't know totally like the subtleties and the differences and like the power dynamics and all of that stuff. But Alabama's not super open to midwives in general. But, you know, I don't really think that midwives are the answer to this problem. They, in general, like, if more, if they're, if lay midwives are allowed to practice, they would have to do home birth. And home birth is super controversial. And, you know, only, like, having these lay midwives, if they can assist in home births, like... It's only helpful if more mothers want to have home births, but lots and lots of women want to give birth in a hospital. There are lots of advantages to giving birth in a hospital. There are disadvantages, but there are also the advantages, especially if you live an hour from a hospital, maybe you want to give birth in a hospital because you've decided that the risk is too great to try to give birth at home if something goes wrong. So I don't know that midwives are really the solution here. One doctor has uh has seen you know he's seen that this is a real issue and that it's um that it's really problematic for for women in alabama and he travels to rural areas to provide prenatal care which is great like maybe more traveling obstetricians are are the way to go then the patients don't have to drive so far to get the prenatal care that they need but this takes a lot of time and money for the doctors, and they don't get reimbursed for, for the travel. And, and, you know, like, doctors are, they got, they're got people, they need money, they need to be paid properly for their time. So that's, that's kind of a problematic, and also, like, just because you're getting the prenatal care doesn't mean that you still don't have to drive 45 minutes an hour to get to the hospital when you're ready to give birth. So maybe the solution is more rural birthing centers, so not a hospital, just like a dedicated facility just for labor and delivery and like postnatal care or post-delivery care, sorry. But but how would they make money? Like if a hospital can't make money on labor and delivery, how is a birthing center where that's the only thing that they do going to make money? I mean maybe they can provide like prenatal care and like pediatric care but that I mean still they're like really stretching and the real issue is that there's just not enough demand there aren't enough pregnant women in these rural areas and the solution is not for more people to get pregnant or for people to have more children that is not the solution to this problem so I don't know the answer I don't know what's wrong I don't know how to fix it if I did I would be down there in Alabama and I would be like building whatever it would take to get people the proper care to make sure that babies are born like in the safest healthiest environment that they can but i don't know so i can't i don't know now i'm going to keep thinking about it maybe i'll come up with a solution i don't know we'll find out so yeah that's that's going on with that's what's going on with rural labor delivery obstetric problems. That's what's going on in Alabama. It's going on in lots of other states. Pennsylvania definitely has this problem. Georgia. Any state with a, with a lot of area that's not developed. So that's all for me uh, for this week. And I hope that you learned a little something. And I hope that you're intrigued by some of the rural health issues that we talked about today. So I will be back with you very soon with a new topic. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'm sure it'll be super interesting. So till next time.